0: You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. I have some notes. Uh, sure, on on what movie? What's the issue? I have some notes. You have ten seconds to comply. Comply to what? Liam, what are we doing wrong?
1: I am the law. I have some notes. Welcome, everyone, to I Have Some Notes, the movie podcast with cuts, keeps, punch-ups, and tweaks on mediocre movies as suggested by you. I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. And I'm Greg Beaver. And today we are discussing Judge Dredd from 1995.
0: So this is one of those movies that's kind of legendarily bad. Mm Mm-hmm. And Uh, and as I should say before
1: we get into it, as suggested by uh, user Ethereal Visions. So uh, thanks, Ethereal Visions, for this uh, legendarily bad movie. Yeah. Maybe legendarily bad should be in
2: quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Because Um, I I know on Rotten Tomatoes it got 22%, which I, I don't know if that's like some sort of like hindsight, you know, Review uh, slant or something like that, but I—I I don't know. Watching it now, it seems perfectly watchable.
0: Yeah, I had never seen the original Judge Dredd movie. Uh, I don't know about the two of you, but uh, I certainly had not gone out of my way to watch it until now, and yeah, it was I had not never, as never seen it. It's certainly not as bad as I was led to believe. It's very watchable. It's it's up there with other like schlocky sci-fi popcorn flicks from the nineties, like your Johnny Mnemonics, your Demolition's Man, your (laughs) Total Recalls. Um, it's it's right in line with those. And the quality is like I'd say pretty much on par with those two
1: yeah it it made me it had that like gestalt it had that vibe that made me want to rewatch either like the fifth element or men in black um
2: yeah yeah it was fun certainly the certainly the money was on screen like it seems to me that uh they felt like it was going to be a big hit and they were ready to pay for it uh, yeah. you know the the sets look fantastic. Uh, the the big map paintings are great. Uh, special effects still more or less hold up, aside from a few scenes in in the flying sequences, and yep. the animatronic robot is really badass and yeah, looks like rad. he was cut right out of a right out of a comic book.
1: It's great. Yeah, it, the the robot was was my my I don't want to say my favorite part, but like definitely my most surprising favorite part like yeah did, didn't expect there to be especially because i i watched dread for the first time this week as well uh 2012's dread uh which i had much in the way i had been led to believe that this was some sort of unwatchable nightmare i had been led to believe that dread was some kind of um auteur masterpiece of cult cinema and it's fine it's okay
0: <laughs> Yes, well, Liam famously hates the Dread movie. Uh,
1: (laughs) I didn't, I just said it was fine. I just was, my expectations were set so high by you guys specifically, Uh, but just like everyone on Letterboxd. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I mean, obviously it's going to be difficult not
1: to compare Judge Dread to Dread in a lot of ways. Can I ask right off the bat then, so we don't spend too much time, what was it you liked about Dread specifically.
2: I think that Dread is um, brutal and vicious in the entertaining way that a good R rated action flick uh needs to be. I think there's a lot of really inventive action sequences. Um I think the uh the film language for the the drug um What did they call it? I forget. Slow-mo. Slow-mo, which, you know, it's all in slow-mo, but it also has this sort of like lens flarey, solarized Mm -hmm. look to it. Um, I I thought that really um, added a nice extra dimension to it. And it really, and it has a payoff in the end as well, which was, uh, which I thought was, was really uh, fun and clever. And Carl Urban is, is great as judge dread and, um, the movie is, but you know, kind of the movie isn't really about him. It's a, it's the journey of his sidekick. Mm-hmm. The sidekick's more the main character. If you are following is, the person who has
0: the arc, yeah, which is kind of fitting because Dread is uh, an immovable object in his own series. Right. Like in the comics, Dread doesn't really change. He's kind of that way, and mm-hmm. the world kind of is shaped around him, which is kind of an interesting take on a character. Yeah. Um, and and the movie reflects that very well. the The movie also is an interesting, almost like slice of life moment in Mega City One. Um, mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. this is just a day in Dredd's life, and it's yeah. hyper violent, and it's and it's absolutely nuts. But it was literally just a Tuesday for Judge Dread. Yeah, I,
2: I really appreciate that. Me. That like the stakes the stakes are like kind of low in the in the worldly sense of of the universe that judge Dredd inhabits um but they are also in the stakes are also intense for everyone that's inside peach trees right so yeah uh I think it was okay. I think it was really cleverly built and and just like there's there's so much good action going on I, I you know it's just entertaining on all those levels so good simple plot and plus lots of good action uh, inventive filmmaking uh you know it, it's it's a lot of fun. I wouldn't call it a masterpiece, as you sort sure. of alluded to, but you know, um. you know, as 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 action movies go, I I enjoyed it on the same level as I enjoyed like a John Wick.
0: Sure. Yeah, and I've um. I've heard fair criticism that it's a very samey to the Raid Redemption. Sure. Yeah, uh, which is legit. I've seen both movies; they're very similar, but uh, I mean, they're also both good as mm-hmm. far yeah. as I'm concerned. <laughs> but. Notably, we actually set a specific rule for this episode, which was we could not just change this movie into Dread. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I guess then, then my my t- my my takeaway was I think that is all true what you said about Dread. Um, I don't know why I was led to expect more, but I guess it was just a very very good, fun, brutal action movie with not a lot else going on. But then now I'm saying that out loud and it's like, well, what the hell else do you want, bro? <laughs> like, what did you? Um, I guess, I'll, actually, I'll tell you what I wanted from both these movies and neither movie delivers on them, but I was led to believe Dreadwood is like some nuance on authoritarianism and like the limits of, you know, police brutality, police corruption, Uh, uh you know, what is, what is letting... One person be judge, jury, and executioner look like from a moral perspective. Neither movie touches on those, but I, I somehow had been led to believe Dread did, and I guess that kind of left me feeling cold. But now, when you talk about, it, I'm like, okay, I'm warming up to. I'm warming up to Dread.
0: There you go. You um, talked yourself around. I've
1: talked and, it. It's but, a fun roller coaster.
0: But so. that is a fair criticism because uh, the 2000 AD and Judge Dread comics are all very much satire. Like they are yeah. biting social satire, and in many ways prescient for stuff that we see today with the militarization of the police and with the like the the panopticon that's kind of developing with the surveillance state. And uh, neither movie really digs into that as much as it probably should, uh, rather focusing on how badass Judge Dredd is as a character mm-hmm. himself. No, um, and I think, and I think maybe that's why I was chapped about Dread because not only was I led to
1: believe it have that from the comics, from hype, but also just you'd think it would have the hindsight to like, oh, that's clearly a mark Judge Dread missed. Let us not make that same mistake again. Um, and I think that's a point against it. But uh, perhaps enough about Dread. Um, <laughs> uh, let us. Yeah, <laughs> we're about not here to fix Dread. We're yeah. here to fix Judge Dread. <laughs> Uh, yes, and of course, Judge Dredd is the 1995 film, uh, directed by Danny Cannon, written by William Wisher, uh, and Stephen E. D'Souza, uh, obviously based on the comics, uh, Judge Dredd, um, stars Sylvester Stallone as the titular Judge Dredd, uh, Armand Asante as Rico, Rob Schneider as Fergie, uh, Jurgen Prochnow as Judge Proc- Griffin. Prochnow, Proc good lord, Jurgen Prochnow, Jurgen Prochnow <laughs> as Judge Griffin. Uh, Max von Saito as Judge Fargo, and Diane Lane as Judge Hershey. Uh, Stephen E. D'Souza by the way, also uh, a writer of a
2: little movie called Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> so he's on his
1: second tour of duty. With uh, I have some notes.
0: Yeah, mm. that
1: was before my time. But yeah, so this this was my me and uh, Scott's first time watching Judge Dredd. Uh, Greg, did you had you watched Judge Dredd before? I am Dredd
2: before? certain I saw it as a teenager. I did not remember anything about it uh, aside from I I for some reason the the scene where they uh try to get back into Mega City vid- via the fire tube that scene mm. was stuck in my head somehow. That's the one thing I remember from it. I don't remember anything else.
1: Fair. Uh, Weirdly, the thing I remember from this, even though I saw it for the first time a couple days ago, because I would have been eight when this came out in 1995, um, seeing a big standee of the helmet and the face, like basically the poster... In some old movie theater in Edmonton that I guarantee is not around anymore. Probably the famous players that used to be <laughs> in the West Edmonton Mall food court. Maybe the one that was used to be in Westmount that's now a Safeway. Um, I just like I. It's so it is like ingrained in my brain. Walking through a brown colored Cineplex hallway, or not cine, lowercase c Cineplex multiplex hallway. Um, and just this big standy And then obviously my parents are, you know, they let me watch some pretty cool stuff. They were very chill, but they're not taking an eight-year-old to see Judge Dredd. So. Fun
2: fact, when I saw the movie Dredd, the R-rated violent one, there was an eight-year-old in that theater. Mm.
1: <laughs> Cooler parents than mine, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, like we said, this was good, good 90s fun how does how does this one rank among uh, Stallone movies for you? Ooh, I don't um, know if I'm a big uh, Stallone
2: aficionado. Uh, like outside of like Rocky, Demolition Man, and this one, <laughs> I'm not sure I've seen his a lot of his oeuvre. <laughs> like I've seen some of like the Expendables, which are uh, some of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, so I don't know. This ranks in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> no love for Death
0: Race 2000 from Greg here.
2: <laughs> nope, I've not seen Death Race. Uh,
0: fair enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a middling outing for for good old Sly Stallone. Uh, yeah, I think I
1: liked we did Demolition Man for this podcast as well, and I think I liked Demolition Man just a touch better than than this. Um, mostly because this movie, it definitely has a lot in common with Demolition Man, uh, but it also has a lot in common with a million other movies. Um, even though it's based on a property, just the general plot beats of this, I was watching this and like, man, I have seen this movie a thousand times. Um, whereas I can't, but to its credit, Dread, I liked the sort of, uh, keep it all in one location, escape from the lockdown building vibe. I'm like, well, at least I'd never seen that in an action movie. Um, whereas this, I'm like, I've, it's just something about every beat of this judge dread movie that I'm like, I've seen this before. I yeah, fair. I think that's fair. I think it's a pretty
2: boilerplate nineties action film. Yeah. We, we've all seen the wrongfully convicted, uh, gets revenge to clear their name plot a million times. And, and while the sci-fi setting is fun um the plot
1: is not unfortunately yeah it's a good way to put it well let's uh let's go to the trailer summary uh to to get that plot out of the way and then we'll we'll talk about what we liked what we didn't and how we can fix it
0: as a city we continue to grow 73 citizen riots come and get us throw out
1: your weapons and prepare to be judged
2: What's it you're, Dread.
0: you're a legend. You were my finest student. Get Dredd!
1: Dredd! Dredd! You're under arrest.
2: What's the charge? Murder. The evidence you can falsify! Guilty as charged. I am not the law! I
1: am the law! You want chaos?
2: The sentence shall be... Imprisonment
1: and I'm the chaos. Thread, very <laughs> crushing. Excuse me, we're not together.
0: It's not for this council to play God. Who oh, says politics is boy? <laughs> The year is 2139, and the planet has become an uninhabitable wasteland known as the Cursed Earth. What remains of humanity has crowded itself into massive, overcrowded megacities ruled by senseless violence and autonomous vending machines. When the justice system collapsed, a desperate society turned to a new order of fascists, a uh, police, rather, who were granted the authority to carry out the roles of judge, jury, and executioner on site. The most feared among the judges is a five foot ten block of meat named Joseph Dredd, but most just call him Dredd. The Alpha Judge is all about upholding the law when the law suddenly betrays him, frames him for murder, and ships him off to a penal colony. From this point on, Dredd will carry out the role of reckless murderer, all in an attempt to clear his name. <laughs> yeah, he kills a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: this this movie kind of, like over a movie obsessed with the law, it kind of doesn't play by its own rules. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right off the bat, one of the things I found most distracting was that like, they go to this, all this thing of like, if you break the law, the judges will judge jury and execute you on the spot. And then when he commits a crime, he gets a full American style trial. <laughs> like I even, Amanda did not watch this with me and I, I'm like, well, they frame him for murder and she, but she did watch dread with me. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, he gets framed for murder. And they're like, so they kill him on the spot. Right. And I'm like, no, he gets a whole trial.
0: <laughs> now it is very in keeping with uh, with the the kind of weird authoritarian system that they go that the judges would be held to a different standard than the rest of society. So I suppose, but like, it hey, reminds <laughs> it's a little it, bit I like don't... real
1: life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was like real life. Uh, that you know, the the, the police you knew would be like, "No, you didn't do anything wrong. Quit looking. Quit asking." Yeah, yeah. we'll move you um, to
0: we'll move you to a different precinct. It's fine. Um,
1: actually,
0: yeah, I think that's
1: maybe the the something we should address that that this movie tiptoes right up to criticizing the modern justice system. Definitely doesn't satirize it the way the comic does, uh, and then just like either I don't know if it chickens out or the studio was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, it was 1995. That was peak, you know, American, like, tough-on-crime bills, like Bill Clinton's tough-on-crime was was happening at that time. And uh, I guess just for maybe any of our listeners who uh, might be in law enforcement, work in law enforcement, here in 2022, I'm definitely uh, in the camp of a, a, a defund-the-police mentality. Uh, I think modern policing has gotten away from us, and it is time to reform the system. I uh, won't go uh, so far as to say as ACAB, um, but like th- it's time to, to reevaluate how we look at the police. Um, if you disagree that I, that's fair, that's fine. I hope you you know don't tune out or anything, but th- this movie had a chance to sort of reflect on some of that. Uh, and it doesn't. Uh, and I think that's, that's a huge missed opportunity. Um, I think what's interesting is like,
2: it has a whole, it adds a whole character Whose central purpose is to, you know, show you that the the justice system and the judges themselves aren't fair, like the yeah. w- the way that Judge Dredd treats Rob Schneider's character, like that's what he's there for. And then mm-hmm. they just almost completely forget about it <laughs> and don't address it at all
0: after uh, after uh, you know
2: th- the movie gets going. So
0: Judge Dread. Is lawful neutral. (laughs) He doesn't care whether the law is fair. He cares about enforcing it to the letter. And that's consistent throughout. Like, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if it's, it doesn't matter what you've done or what the circumstances are. You broke the law, you go to jail. And the movie doesn't really, the movie sets him up to reevaluate that. And never really, you're right. He never really does in the mm-hmm. plot. Like by the end of the movie, he's just goes back to work doing what he was doing all along. <laughs> yeah, um, literally, there, he, like, there's, he denies the promotion. <laughs> yeah, like he 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 denies the character arc. Like at the end, he's just like washes his hands of it and goes back to work. Like this was just this was just another Tuesday for Judge Dredd. <laughs> yeah. Which is, it's it's such a cowardly way to end the movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, especially because they they set it up so many times with with Rob Schneider's character, with Hershey um, saying the thing about, like, well, you've never heard of extenuating circumstances. Um, with the way Griffin is portrayed as a bad actor, the, the fact that Rico was a former cop and he can't be, or former judge, uh, and he can't be trusted. He's a literal wild card. Uh, like it's all all the pieces are there and at no point does judge dread the the guy or the movie ever pick them up and like look at them for
0: more than a second yeah well even judge procnow uh abusing the system to make it even more authoritarian like it doesn't examine that it gets undercut by by Rico's like unique form of anarchism mm-hmm. uh it's it's just the movie the movie has no cohesive theory Theme. It doesn't know what kind of story it wants to tell, and so it just doesn't stick the landing. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: We're again not to keep bringing up dread, but at least dread just eschews all of that and is like, "You want to just see some brutal, fucked up shit for an hour? Here you go." <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It, at least it doesn't tiptoe up to the line and chicken out. It just avoids it altogether. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like the the plot that they've
2: chose, which is which is a uh, wrongful wrongful conviction, immediately ask the audience what they think of this justice system, right? Yeah. So you're putting it again, yeah, much like a movie we did recently where it's just like it just it just walks you right up to it and says, hey, what about this? And and you're like, okay, what about that? And then it's like, no, forget it. Don't worry about it. Forget it. We're gonna
1: do cannibals and fire <laughs> tubes and and uh, bioengineered superhumans instead. It's a sci-fi movie. Sorry, sorry we asked you to think for a second. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the movie the movie shows us this corrupt system and uh the system itself turns against its exemplar who is Judge Dredd. And then at the end Dredd just like accepts that the system is going to continue without any effort by himself to reform it. Yeah. And that is again it's just it's such a cowardly ending. And I get it in the comics Judge Dredd is frequently offered promotion and frequently denies it, but he's such a legend by the end that like people get the job of Chief Justice on Dredd's recommendation. He just doesn't want the job. Like that even that would have been something if he'd been like, no, you know what? I'm a street judge, but maybe Hershey here has some good ideas because yeah, I thought she's got, what got they a were good head. Do. No, nothing. Doesn't do anything with that put rob schneider to work in the in the it department no yeah it's nope. just he just gets on his motorcycle and everybody cheers and claps because judge dread is back on the job
2: <laughs> that was the part that got a laugh from
0: me when they're, like, when they're all like yay dread
2: is driving away
1: <laughs> speaking of rob schneider um he's I, as soon as i saw his name in the credits and i forgot he was in this i was like oh rob schneider um the character he plays is kind of annoying and a lot of really jokey joke 90s, like I'm the um, I'm the uh, the lovable scamp, lovable was it? Uh, uh comic relief was the word I was yeah. looking for. Um, but weirdly, Rob Schneider isn't bad in the role. Um, I you know, hindsight, he's he's a creepy right wing weirdo now, and I don't want to watch movies with Rob Schneider in them in 2022, but like.
0: He does a fine job with honestly, a kind of weak character. Honestly, the whole cast, with one exception, are doing journeyman work here. They're all doing fine. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, special shout out to Armand Asante, who could not chew the scenery harder. Could not mm-hmm. in a thousand years chew the scenery harder. The one person who falls flat in this movie is Sylvester Stallone. He well, is. Say that. He's got a great chin for Judge Dredd and nothing else. He... Well, it's a good
1: thing he keeps the helmet on.
0: <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> the the thing is, and uh, Anita and I were discussing this after the fact, I think one of the reasons why it this kind of character worked for him in Demolition Man and doesn't here is because in Demolition Man with John Spartan, Sylvester Stallone could put his own stamp on the character. Whereas here he's trying to play a character who's already iconic amongst his fans. And instead he's trying to do his own spin on it. He's trying to make it a Sylvester Stallone character and Mm -hmm. it does not work. And it, he doesn't sell it and it comes off really corny and goofy in a way that I don't think it's supposed to. And it just, it falls flat. Like he's, he's not great in this film.
1: Yeah, and like I don't think Schwarzenegger would have done a better job either. Oh
0: no, goodness no. because they have <laughs> they have too much personality. Say what mm-hmm. you will about the Dread movie. Carl Urban loses himself in the role. Like you see yep. Judge Dread. You don't see Carl Urban playing Judge Dread. Uh with uh, with an eighties, nineties action superstar, you're gonna see Jean-Claude Van Damme as Judge Dredd. You're going to see Sylvester Stallone as Judge Dredd. You're going to see Arnold Schwarzenegger as Judge Dredd. I don't think that there was an easy fix for that, but Sylvester Stallone just doesn't work. I Uh think it would have been
2: a special kind of hilarious for Van Damme to be Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of other
0: like iconic action stars from that time,
2: but just like even like because he's like such he's like kind of like a thinner, wiry kind of uh, action star, and I, I I would have loved to have seen him do the splits in those big, <laughs> huge gold shoulder
0: pads. <laughs> oh man, him doing the splits between two hover bikes! I want to see that Judge Dredd movie. <laughs> And
2: I would like to get his read on, I am the law. Like, <laughs> I think it would be great. in <laughs> his And that Belgian accent would be Couldn't wonderful. Couldn't be
0: much worse than Sylvester Stallone's. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know. I don't know if I think his performance was flat. I, I think for me, it was just more like I th- didn't think anything about it. And maybe that's its own indictment. It felt to me like he was more or less playing the same character like of John Spartan, but Judge Dredd. And, uh, but just not being as funny, like I think, say what you will about, uh, Demolition Man, but at least, uh, J- uh John Spartan has some pretty good gags in it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dread unfortunately, is a humorless character, so. hmm Or at least is written as a humorless character.
2: Certainly. Yeah. And which you can understand why they would want they you know, put a, a guy like Rob Schneider up against him, hoping that, like the juxtaposition of a very serious dread versus like this character that's all over the map and a little helter-skelter and like that should you know create some natural comedy um it doesn't but you can see the you can see the calculation
0: they're making yeah you have to have chemistry between those two actors for it to work and unfortunately nope (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure that
2: um, that Rob Schneider as a as a comedic actor has um, a whole lot of dimensions. I I like like Liam said I don't, like or maybe it was Scott. I don't think he was I don't think he was poor in the movie, but I don't think he was. I I think in the ha- hands of a better actor, it would have been fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess I just found the like a lot of the jokes he says are just like real like yuckety yuck I'm the comedic relief um uh Olav from Frozen kind of level of like <laughs> just like I'm gonna it's my turn to say something funny now yeah um and you could have you could have put anyone in that role and they he didn't have we did not get to see the breadth breadths or limits of Rob Schneider's comedic abilities because he was not given material to excel at or fail with it was bad material off the hops you don't even sure, get to see him yeah. bungle good material um yeah Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, uh, I I know we all actually have some some fixes for this one, uh, and and they better comply to our fixes or else. uh, But we'll uh, we'll go to our fixes uh, after we hear from our friends at the Alberta Podcast Network.
0: Get ready to take the guesswork out of choosing a school. Go to Edmonton Public Schools Open House.
1: Meet the staff and ask your questions to learn about their schools and programs explore your options, and find a school that feels right. Find event dates and learn how to make the most out of your visit at openhouse.epsb.ca. Know before you go, and feel confident and excited when you get there. We are back, and we are fixing 1995's Judge Dredd. Uh, Greg, why don't you you got two letters in your name back to back? Why don't you start us off? <laughs> oh boy,
0: um, I do too. Hey, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you do too. I guess. I guess. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but like nope, I
0: have nope, the keep it in.
2: <laughs> I got G R E G G right and D R D R E D D right yeah, yeah.
1: S-C-O-T-T. But it's like there's no Scots walking around. S C O T is
0: actually I know I know a Scott who's S K O H T. So. <laughs> Mm. Also, Weird. the Scots would be SEOt So there's a whole so. there's a whole nation of Scots.
1: Honestly, I was just looking for a reason to Greg start because rarely is the one he starts. <laughs> well, I appreciate you
2: guys trying to delay for me because I don't I don't know that I have anything like the the thing about this movie that that uh, that really needs to like we talked about like there needs to be some sort of like commentary on uh, the the justice system itself, which would have been nice. I I think there I I think. There's something about um, the climax, like the whole ending action scene that doesn't work for me. Like I found it very boring and I'm not sure that I can Mm -hmm. really like pinpoint exactly why. And it might have something to do with like the character of Rico and like him not being well connected to Judge Dredd. And us not getting to a whole lot of time with the two of them to really build, you know, some sort of animosity and hatred and all that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. we only we're only told about their previous relationship. Um, there's definitely no showing going there, so we've already we're already starting from a, a bad spot because I think they they meet for the first time at the end of it's either the beginning of the third act or the end of the second act. I guess depending on where you think that those.
0: Uh. Marked pretty sure off. it's the beginning of the third act. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's that's a no good. So I think like having having maybe uh, like a cold open where we actually get to see how their relationship ends might be helpful. Um yeah. And that's and that's my first initial thought.
1: Do you think uh, you're saying sort of the the final battle left you cold? Do you think it might be because um, Griffin? Dies at the hands of Rico, and his 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 comeuppance comes at the hand of a better, more interesting villain, or at least a better, a more utilized villain. Like
2: yeah, the guy, that, sp- the guy that like double crossed Judge Dredd's mentor, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. I think you're right that he technically has a more interesting relationship with with Dredd, and he had at least interacted with him more previously in in the movie yeah yeah i just don't yeah this like that character like (laughs) if he was played by wesley snipes let's say (laughs) i think it would have worked better (laughs) because uh wesley snipes put a whole lot of personality into into his role in in demolition man and i i kind of feel like i think scott was saying that he was chewing the scenery but um I didn't really find much of what he did memorable. I'm actually struggling to think of any particular line uh, that he had that was memorable. Um, so that's that's a good place to start, I suppose. It's like villain bad needs needs some work.
0: I, I, yeah, I think that the, the big fix for Rico is to give him more time with... Dread. I agree with you on that. And I don't know if it necessarily even needs to be a cold open or just the two of them cross paths earlier in the movie. Because one of the reasons why the uh dynamic between and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep referring it's to fine. Demolition Man on this one. <laughs> um the reason why the relationship between Simon Phoenix and John Spartan works in Demolition Man is because they keep crossing paths. It builds up to that final boss fight, right? And we get a cold open with them.
2: Just we do get a cold <laughs> open with yeah. so We
0: is said the- we weren't going to turn this movie into Dread, and instead we're going to turn it into Demolition Man. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: really is like, yeah. What's the, what's like the opposite of a Venn diagram where it's like neither of the points <laughs> touch? Like it's, it's these two things, and yet there's no over. I don't know. Um, so then maybe where I'm trying to think where in the plot as it exists could you have Rico and Dread cross paths? Rico has that moment where he goes into the junk cellar uh, gets his stuff back, or the pawn shop or whatever, gets his stuff back, kills the pawn shop guy, takes the robot, why wasn't maybe Dread called to the scene of that murder and, you know, does a little, like, Judge Dredd forensics? It's like, ooh, this is, this has, I, I, I smell his perfume or some, you know, that's just off the top of my head, like, some something to make him think, like,
0: hmm, is, what if this was maybe Rico? Or, or like, even, just oh, we, have, yeah. even just have, even uh, just have him, Cross paths with Rico after Rico breaks out. Yeah. Like, the word gets out that there was an escape from the prison. Uh, Judge Dredd spots Rico on the street. There's, like, a little chase or a little encounter. Rico gets away, and then Dredd gets framed. And Dredd immediately can be like, I was framed. I had to have been framed by Rico. Like, he's out for me. But then there's irrefutable proof that it was Dredd, and- then the system turns against him, right? And that Cause, doesn't. Because undermine- Dredd doesn't know that he and Rico have identical DNA at that point. Exactly. That doesn't undermine the reveal later that they
1: learn they're brothers. Yeah. You know, you can still have that. But yeah, that's a great, great fix. For that. What,
2: what if uh, Rico is never in prison? What if we actually get to see their relationship straight from the beginning? Like we get to see. Uh, I guess maybe that makes it really long because then you've got to have Rico. Uh, get arrested by Dredd and then Rico frame him. So maybe that's not
0: Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's yeah. not great. That, yeah. That extends the movie quite a bit unless you have Rico as a corrupt cop on the inside the whole time. Mm-hmm. He he yeah, never like, was in prison. He's just he's just a crooked cop.
2: Yeah, and like he just, gets
0: brought in by the by the new Chief Justice to do crooked cop stuff.
2: Yeah he's kind of he would be more of an amalgamation of that this that other chief. You know, you've got Dred's mentor and then you've got Rico who's his partner uh who he trusts implicitly who who does who eventually betrays him and it's like the last person he would have thought of
1: yeah to betray yeah. him yeah the four of them kind of make a nice square of like there's M- dread's mentor dread essentially Rico's mentor Griffin and then Rico mm-hmm. and Dread and Rico are partners dread uh Griffin and uh Fargo are partners in right. being the boss uh and maybe it is like uh uh fargo was going to promote dread something happens to him dies he gets wrongfully convicted whatever and griffin steps up and griffin's like i'm not giving the job to dread i'm giving it to my boy the corrupt guy <laughs> um it, yeah if you do if you if rico's never in prison that's maybe how you do that but yeah
0: i don't know i th- i think i don't know if that's the solution i still think the movie is served better especially if you want to bring in the project Janus stuff and deal with dread's actual comic backstory um <laughs> If if you want to be honest, that is actual canonical comic backstory for Judge Dredd. He was basically a law enforcement super soldier who was bred like Solid Snake, and Rico was his liquid snake. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, if you want to keep that in, I I do think the movie works with Rico having broken out of jail. I just I yeah. I still think that you need to have them like see each other earlier in the movie and have have encounters that lead up to that final encounter so that it, it does become more personal.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Without just being told that it's personal. Yeah. Uh, I have a a kind of a big, there's a whole bunch of
1: stuff I want to cut and replace with some of the things uh, that I uh, either thought worked about dread or could say something about the current state of modern corrupt policing um, but right off the hop, I have a bunch of, like, little little cuts or little changes that I want to bang out uh, if, if I can. Sure. Uh, first of all, the comic intro at the beginning where it's just pages from the comic, very 1995 and very, like, we've never we, – other than, you know, Christopher Reeves and, uh, uh, you know, Superman and, and Batman – we don't make a lot of comic book movies. Hey everyone. This is a comic book movie. It's based on some comic books. So the whole opening title crawl is pages from a comic book. Yeah. Uh, I would just cut yikes. that. It was very yeah, silly. Yeah. Especially because the sets look so cool, like Mega City One looks so cool. Yeah. There's no reason you couldn't just have like helicopter footage while yeah, the title it, credits. It's really it really um
2: put me in a in a concerned frame of mind I was like i was like uh-oh <laughs> we're in for something bad and then like i guess some relief when the when the special effects were immediately shown to be you know reasonably good but yeah mm-hmm. that uh that title sequence was a no good
1: yeah so M- minor cut number one uh other change i want to make uh obviously rob schneider I, I don't want to watch movies with Rob Schneider in them. Uh, so I came up with a list of people I would rather see. Uh, and then in sharing that list, uh, I'm going to add, um, uh, Greg said, Matthew Lillard. Uh, and, uh, oh, why is his name escaping me? Richard the other Kind. Guy, Richard Kind <laughs> would be very funny. Dana, Just 1995 SNL guys, Dana Carvey, David Spade. Also just 1995 sketch comedy guys, David Allen Greer, Steve Coogan, or my pick, I would have loved to see the role played by kids in the hall, Kevin McDonald. <laughs> Uh He's just so like small and wormier. And, like, yeah.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. I'm maybe going to, like- I'm going to suggest that maybe a, it would have been interesting to have him played by a black guy.
1: Uh, yeah. David Allen Greer.
0: Yeah. Um, and th- that's, that's the name that really jumped out at me was David Allen Greer because number one, there's no diversity in this cast to speak mm-hmm. of. And number two, the law unfairly cracking down on a black guy. Mm. yeah There's some, some, there's, more. there's the first step in social satire right there. Yeah. The hero cop cracking down unfairly on a black guy for a crime he didn't commit.
1: Yeah. I, I was just happened to be there, man. I was just holding a bag of Skittles. Like, yeah, it's Yeah. I guess I, I guess I guess
2: that's the that's the next big question is like how do we tie that knot for adding some social
1: satire? Uh, uh, I I th- I think I have a pitch, um, but I have a couple more little tiny ones. Okay, um, couple more tiny <laughs> one, things. One is keep the helmet on. Oh yeah. famously
0: yes. keep just why is he the helmet off because Sly wanted people to see his face because he <laughs> was he trampled this movie. Uh, he demanded rewrites to make it funnier. And uh, fun fact: uh, Danny Cannon said he would never work with Sylvester Stallone again. So <laughs> damn. I think
2: yeah. that, I think that's really funny considering that, like, Stallone arguably has some of the most famous lips of all time. So, like, he's so easily recognizable from the from the nose down.
1: So yeah, it, yeah and he's
0: got a distinctive voice. Yeah, like no one so. would have not known
1: it was the one, yeah. Sure, Which yeah. I thought was a very elegant solution in Dread by having Carl Urban keep the helmet on. Yeah, now we don't have our main character emoting. Um,
0: uh, I disagree. Su- he emoted but, a lot with just he, um, his chin in his mouth. Yes. So,
1: <laughs> in a full facial emoting. So by having uh, the, the sort of female uh, um, rookie in Dread be the one with her helmet off the whole time and just be like, well, it affects my telepathy. I thought that was an elegant solution. So we still get dread with the helmet on. We still get to see Carl Urban emoting from the mouth down, but we also have a character whose face we can see. Doesn't hurt that she's a nice, pretty-looking lady through the whole movie. It was a nice compromise, and I think yeah. an elegant solution to that in in dread.
0: Yeah, and I mean, in the comics, dread is like the only character who just never takes his helmet off. Yeah. Like so. it's his face essentially. So,
1: yeah. and then my last one was just like. As fun as I really liked the scene out in the Wasteland, uh, I liked those those characters. That fight was fun. Um, it should stay in the Mega City. Yeah.
0: Right. They didn't need to leave the Mega City at all. That's – what are we doing here? <laughs> no, it's, that's reasonable. There's no reason it couldn't have been in the Mega City. It's ridden with crime. There's a reason why the judges are there. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's a society that's barely hanging on.
1: Yeah, why are we leaving? Like, it's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I have a pitch for adding some some uh, social commentary to it, but I've been talking a bunch. Uh, G- G- Scott, you got
0: anything? You know I mean, my my pitch is to have a more consistent theme. Pick uh pick a lane, and basically, it. My pitch is probably going to be similar to yours, which is that the movie needs to be a better social satire and needs to figure out what it wants to say and then say it clearly because at the moment it doesn't, it's, it's got a mouthful of marbles and it's spitting them all over the place. And I, uh, I suspect that your pitch is probably more cohesive than mine because I don't have a specific fix for that. My fix is literally just figure out what you want to say with your movie and say it. Great. Um, well, that I do know what I want to say with this movie. I do know what I want to say
1: about the state of modern policing uh, and, and uh, you know, corruption Uh, The fallibility of individuals, the forceful boot of authoritarianism, and we've already talked about all the stuff we can take from Dread, we've already talked about all the stuff we can take from Demolition Man, but I just finished watching Andor, Mm -hmm. and I actually, and that movie does a great job. Series. Series, thank you. Um, That series does a great job uh, exploring the real nuts and bolts of how fucked up authoritarianism is. And I am mostly just going to kind of crib from what Andor did well and <laughs> shove that into the middle
0: of <laughs> – shove that into the middle of, of Judge Dredd. Is, is, Liam uh, is going to take a print of Andor and travel back in time <laughs> yeah, to 1995 and, and, it, so. and shove it in Danny Cannon's face. Yeah. Say, do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but yeah, like
1: there is no – before I get into the nuts and bolts of it, there is no reason this couldn't have been like a Paul Vorhoeven style like satire – yeah, yeah uh, like, like RoboCop. He, he should have been the director. It, this movie could have been RoboCop, but even better. Yeah. Um, And it, yeah. Yeah, I like, think it was both like, There's not, you're not better than RoboCop, <laughs> what are you doing? Fair. Um, so here's how I figure you do that. You cut the framed for murder subplot entirely. It's been done. And also, like I said, having him in a courtroom undermines the entire concept of having judge jury and executioners if he's gonna get a fair (laughs) trial like (laughs) it just cut the whole frame for murder subplot and in doing so now you don't have to have a weird justification for how his dna was on the gun so you can also cut all the genetic engineering stuff which i did kind of like especially because quick side plug in this season of quantum kickflip my other podcast here on the Alberta Podcast Network. Uh it's a cyberpunk story and my character is a genetically engineered human so I kind of liked that. Um <laughs> but nevertheless, you cut the frame for murder subplot and therefore cut the genetically engineered test tube brother angle as well. So that all comes out, but now there's a big gap in the middle of the movie. So it starts off with Judge Dread doing his judging. He meets Schneider, who he judges, and then brushes off the idea of extenuating circumstances, and we get that first seed of the idea that, you know, there's nuance to the law. The law being an imperfect stand-in for morality, in our our analogy here. Uh, Those guys Schneider was hanging out with that he's fighting at the beginning, they're not just some random thugs, they're doing a cool drug. Let's call it (laughs) (laughs) slow-mo. But it could be anything, just they're doing some kind of, like, Cry- they're they're part of some kind of crime epidemic and drugs is a nice easy stand in for crime epidemics. We still see the scene of Griffin getting all hard on for more control, more power. Um, and his case for doing so is that this drug is running riled in the streets. We need more control. There's more riots than ever because everyone's jacked up on these drugs. Uh, in the scene where we would normally see Rico break out of... Prison, we don't see him breaking out of prison. We find out he's, we meet this guy named Rico, the drug cartel guy. Somewhere throughout the movie, we learn he is a former judge. We learn he used to be a friend of Judge Dredd, uh, who, you know, Dredd then had to judge. Um, but he has been free from prison for years, unbeknownst to Dredd or the rest of the justice system. Basically unbeknownst to everyone, except Griffin. Griffin uh, is not only responsible for getting him out and covering it up, Griffin is responsible for helping spread the drug, whether it's slow-mo or some kind of other drug, the same way the CIA orchestrated the crack epidemic. <laughs> right? Yeah. So we've got uh, a former judge and, and a, a corrupt guy at the bottom of the crime system, and we've got a corrupt guy at the top of the system covering his ass. Great. Uh, do that instead of framing Judge Dredd for murder. Um, so then we just get some cool action beats of Dred and Hershey on the job, looking for the source of the drugs, you know, who's the distributor, who's making it, how does it work, and f- here is where we really crib from Andor and explore authoritarianism's relationship with a bunch of other aspects of society. So we get a beat where they kind of... Uh, we show how the police system props up capitalism and private property. Dredd has a lead uh, that um, takes him to some kind of business that is protected from judgment because it's a reputable job-creating business. Hell, maybe it's that um, junk-seller guy that we meet early on. But Griffin is a stakeholder or has some kind of influence, foreshadowing that Griffin is is pulling the strings and keeping Dredd off the, the trail. Uh, and we explore in that scene authoritarianism's relationship to capitalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get one where we maybe get a little class warfare. Uh, Dread follows a lead uh, to some real bottom of a of a of a block, real dregs, and that's where we meet the Angel Gang. They're not out in the wasteland. They're just the worst of the worst. And maybe we can maybe crib from Dread. Some kind of tower goes into lockdown situation. Doesn't have to just work nicely. But the angel gang is just like the lowest of the low. They're portrayed a little more sympathetically in this version, but they also hate judges. So we got to have a cool fight with them. We still get to keep the fight with the weird mutant guy. Great. Because they're like sewer people or whatever. Right. Mm. So there's our there's our class warfare. Uh, dread's getting too close to comfort for Griffin's taste. So he sends him on a bit of a wild goose chase. Uh, and to go look for these angel gang guys, that's, that's part of it. It's all under dubious pretenses. Judge survive or dread survives. Uh, Griffin's pissed off about it. So, uh, Griffin tries to kind of flip the script, tries to get him arrested, summarily arrested with no trial sent directly to a prison block. Cause that's how the judges roll. Again, I hated that there was a trial. <laughs> uh, and this is this is where, kind of like in the movie, he reconnects with Rob Schneider's character and kind of finally learns a lesson, has an arc that the system is broken. Because a lot of the prisoners here are addicts or victims of circumstances. They're all related to slow-mo, but the slow-mo is not their fault because the system gave it to them. Yeah. Right? So it's like, well, these people are all wrongfully imprisoned. Yada, yada, yada. You, you get where I'm going with this, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah
1: great so now he's got to break out of prison he's learned that a lot of the prisoners are are victims of a corrupt system we've we've had his arc he's learned his lessons he's learned the nuance of law versus like law by the book versus law as a judgment as a like use your judgment extenuating circumstances he's learned the difference between lawful evil and lawful good precisely <laughs> thank you-hmm <laughs> Uh, gets out, and while he's doing this, while he's, he's briefly imprisoned, incarcerated, Hershey figures out that Rico has been escaped for years, is running the drug ring with the help of Griffin, and then the third act more or less plays out the same with the chase, but now it's a confrontation, confrontation between Rico, a big-ass robot, and Griffin against Judge Dredd, instead of Rico killing Griffin, like he does in the movie. That wasn't actually in my notes, we found that earlier, and I loved that, so... Uh, Rico is killed because he is a, a drug peddling creep, uh, and the truth about Griffin is exposed. And Judge Led Dread learns the nuances of law. That's that's my fix.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, I think that's uh, a pretty good way of adding not only um, a bunch of action beats to replace the ones that we kind of took out when you lose the other subplots, mm-hmm. but also yeah, like. Being able to at least have some sort of comment on the on a justice system at writ large, yeah.
1: And I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back because that was a lot of me talking, but not nearly as rambly and <laughs> and uh, what's the word? Uh, tangenty as I sometimes get. So th- thank you, and also yay me,
2: because <laughs> Scott, your your hamster wheel looks like it's turning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Scott, does that satisfy your? Desire to put some some nuance into it. Anything there you you want to riff on?
0: Uh, I'm I'm processing it because it was a lot. <laughs> um, it was a lot. Sorry, the, um, I started writing. And I, I'm like, oh, I definitely geez, oh, like that it um, it it solves my big problem with the movie, which is that the movie didn't didn't have anything to say about society significantly. Mm. It was just like a rote '90s action movie that happened to be about a badass cop in the future. And yours is like, but what if badass cop is working for bad people? And that's better. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, again, the the real movie does try to talk about, but doesn't quite get all the way there. And you go all the way. You take it. You take it to the finish line on this one. Yeah. So uh, I I do like that. And you can um, thank Andor for that. So. I, yeah, I,
2: I I do wonder if like if it if instead of Judge Dredd sort of being on the trail of the this sort of drug plot if he's kind of spent if he spent most of the movie kind of enforcing it mm. and just like as as he's as he's enforcing the law because that's part of what his whole ethos is is like he's sort of like having to like wrestle with the fact that like what he's doing is not good
0: my light bulb just they <laughs> they, they the two of them watching me in the video uh, that we have going would have just seen my eyes light up um <laughs> Hershey is the one who's actually investigating where the drugs are coming from. Dredd doesn't care. He just cares oh, about stopping, yeah. the, the, like, enforcing the law. It doesn't matter where the drugs are coming from. People are using it, and that's illegal. And I'm cracking down on that. And Hershey's the one who's actually like, no, we need to get to the bottom of this. We need to find out the source. And she gets in trouble along the way. And that's one of the things that leads Dread. To actually start like turning because if Rob Schneider goes to jail, who cares if Judge Hershey is suddenly getting framed for something, something is up because he trusts Hershey. Right. Um, Yeah. And and then that starts that starts like Dredd looking into it and then Dredd ends up getting also like arrested and now something's definitely broken. Like yeah. two good judges have been have been taken not just taken off the case but like taken out in this case, and that's what sets dread back towards. And so you got you got a clearer character arc with him there, and he does mm-hmm. start out as just like a jackbooted like enforcer of the law, and then he has to come around. Whereas the lawful good character, Judge Hershey, is the one who's initially like we like the drug addicts aren't the problem, who's who's giving them the drugs is the problem. Yeah. Sweet, I like that a lot. He's such a static character; it teases it out a little more out of yeah. him. Yeah, and Act One is Judge Dread being Judge Dread, like just doing badass law enforcement. Uh, where her, while well, Hershey is like starting to unravel this mystery. Act Two, Hershey gets in trouble. Dread cottons onto it. He gets he he figures out something's up as well, and then he gets in trouble. Act Three, big prison breakout, overthrow the system. Kill Rico. All the other judges are pissed at Griffin.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. The, the that moment he has with Rob Schneider at the beginning should have happened another dozen times.
0: I, I legitimate characters. I legitimately think as well that uh when Judge Dredd gets thrown in prison, there should be a significant portion of judges who are just like, that's not right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> like that is the one guy who is incorruptible. Something is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would actually be cool if some of the other judges broke him out. Actually,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's and that's got that seed of like what we talk about in modern policing, where like one of the one of the problems is police unions. Like, I love a union. I'm a diehard leftist. We love a union, except for police unions because they're used to cover for the misdeeds of other police officers. Um, if yeah, that suddenly like the 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 union kind of ends up like either having Judge Dredd's back or Turning against Griffin, like they were all—they were all shut up. they were no one was going to say anything, you know. No one was going to say anything when it was some drug addicts. No one was going to say anything when it was Hershey.
0: But, but as soon like, as it's okay. one of theirs, yeah. yeah, yeah. When
1: it's one of our guys, okay. Now it's yeah,
0: fucking a. We made a movie that's much that has much more biting social satire.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Call Danny Cannon. Get him back to work. So. Um, I feel like I've done a lot of talking. Uh. Just Scott, do you want to read our comments this time?
0: <laughs> sure. Sure, we'll change it up. So uh, we did get some listener comments, and of course, you can comment yourself by uh, checking out our Facebook and our Twitter, where we uh, t- always post what movie's coming up next and, and solicit suggestions. So uh, watch out for our next one and definitely chime in. First comment comes from um, Aaron Beaver, <laughs> Aaron Beaver. I don't know who that Who's that? Would that? Be. Anyway, I like the yeah. critter. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> from from Greg's lovely wife, Erin. At the end, Judge Dredd has to find himself guilty of mass murder and has no choice but to execute himself because the final fight took out a bunch of innocent bystanders. <laughs> yeah, so did the bike chase, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's like a whole building, if I recall correctly. Yeah, a lot of innocent people got explode. Uh, but I guess, I mean, when you're in the business of judging, sometimes there, you got to break a couple legs to enforce the law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Derek Mirren says, uh I'm due for a rewatch. I watched it a number of years ago for the first time since I was a kid and it kind of bored me. The characters looked great though. It was more comic booky than I remembered in a good way. Yeah, I think that's a fair evaluation. I, I don't know if you're due for a rewatch. <laughs> if
2: you've seen it before, <laughs> <Yeah>. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: the de- the movie definitely looks good. Like the yeah. production mm-hmm. design is exactly that like level of 90s cyberpunk schlock that I love, it's my trash. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: so I was just like, num, 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 num. (laughs) I ate, I ate that up completely. Uh, Robin over at cinematological says, go back in time and kill Rob Schneider's mother. So he cannot be born. Cast an (laughs) actor that has a, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) cast an actor that has a passing resemblance to Stallone, uh, to be his brother, send Stallone forward in time to see dread. So he gets an idea of how to play the character.
2: (laughs) Is that necessary to like, to cast an actor who looks like another actor just because they're their, their brother. I don't know. Like, I just, I don't care. If the movie tells me they're siblings, I'll, I'll be
0: fine with it. Like
2: whatever they look like. It just doesn't, it never really bothers me all that
0: much. And I mean, they were, they were made from a genetic soup of several of the best judges. So like, I buy it that they might look different. Yeah. Two idiots and a dog chime in with, I only really have one note Keep the effing helmet on, damn it. Uh, it was actually a pretty solid adaptation that really leaned into the fact that Judge Dredd was satire. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, got, I got to agree really with the first point it, and it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not, not the second. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, I mean, it was definitely quirky and funny to a certain extent, but I don't know that it really landed the satire. This is no RoboCop. Yeah. No. Andrew Craig says, Stallone was the problem from beginning to end. I generally really like him, but his ego really got in the way. He had the chance to embody an icon and insisted the helmet come off. Also, could it not be made in the 90s where it seemed like every comic book adaptation screamed, this is based on a comic book we've never actually read? (laughs) Yeah, we just took pictures of it for the intro. (laughs) (laughs) That guy has a cool helmet. Let's make a movie. But on the other hand, I mean... The movie actually cribs from Judge Dredd's canonical comic backstory for himself, for Rico. It borrows some of the characters from the comics like Judge yeah. Hershey. Like it it did its homework. And I'm wondering if the original script, not the script that got punched up, quote unquote, by Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> maybe was a lot closer to like the film, and maybe was even a better satire. Who's
2: to say, right? I feel like that happened a lot in early comic book adapta- ad- ad- adaptations, where the studios or producers had no faith in the f- source material. So, like, probably most of the original drafts of comic book movies from that era were a lot more in kind with the source material. But then, when studio execs got it got a hold of it, they you know, started giving it all the nineties tropes that they thought would earn the most
0: money. They decided to give it some notes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A friend of the pod, Olav Rockney, says this movie features the finest performance that Rob Schneider has ever given. That is to say he's only awful in this movie instead of execrable. (laughs) (laughs) Did I say execrable, right? That's, that's a word I've seen a dozen times. I don't know. I've ever said out loud. (laughs) I, as far as I know,
2: you said that correctly.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm even just jealous you've seen that word a dozen times because that's a, frankly a new one for me. And I'm going to quickly control mm-hmm. V there. Extremely bad or
0: unpleasant, says Google. <laughs> yeah, it's um, as as though excrement. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, basically, yep, I think you pronounced it right. Basically, send here. Schneider to the Titan Penal Colony and you'll have a much better movie. <laughs> and Sean <laughs> McKnight says, here's my note. Just watch Dreads starring Carl Urban. There you go. <laughs> It is the
1: superior movie.
0: Of the two, definitely.
1: It was a fun double feature for me. I watched them about three days apart, both oh, for yeah. the first time. Uh, Dread first, then Judge Dread. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, I, I almost want to see them. I feel like I've said this about a movie before, but like I want to see them make
0: another one in 10 years. Just like every well, 10 years, we'll like, see if someone can get Judge Dread right. There were a lot of people who were asking for Dread 2. Uh, with Carl mm-hmm. Urban and um there was nothing on that for years especially because apparently like they tore everything down like they sold yeah. off the the sets they sold off the costumes they had nothing and then recently word got out yeah they're making a dread 2 with Carl Urban so
2: it's going to be really interesting cuz like if you you won't really be able to get around the authoritarianism of it all this time around so it'll be interesting how they try and
0: approach it this time yeah, maybe we'll finally yeah. get that biting social satire we wanted. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Learn, especially, you know, not only do we have everything that's happened from 2016 onward to learn from, but also you've got Andor to learn from.
2: Mhm.
1: Yeah. Be interesting to see what they do. Uh fantastic. Thank you everyone who who commented and uh thank you for listening. Uh this has been a, a really fun edition uh, of I have some notes and I hope we, we get to hear this back soon.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, You can follow us on social media, uh, at I Have Some Notes on Twitter, at I Have Some Notes pod on Instagram, uh, Facebook.com slash I Have Some Notes, and wherever it is you're listening to this, please uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, what
0: have you. Hey, this movie featured a conspiracy by the highest echelons of society to stomp on the neck of society with their jackboots all the harder. That sounds like a conspiracy, and It's a Conspiracy is a podcast where Andrew, Charlie, and Greg lay out the beliefs behind conspiracy theories, myths, and more. You can check that out right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com.
2: Hey, I mean, if you've been following this podcast for a while, you know that we give notes to movies every couple weeks, so see you in a couple more uh, for more A Note Having.
1: Until then, I've been your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg
2: Beaver. Keep watching this. Sc- I was gonna try and do an accent, didn't work. The guys, <laughs> the guys. There you go. Thank you. Guys.
0: Hello, I'm Elizabeth Bonkink.
1: I'm Andrew Paul,
0: and we're the hosts of the Well Endowed Podcast.
1: The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it.
0: ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors.
1: Hence the title of our show, The Well Endowed Podcast.
0: Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in.
1: Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities.
0: So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com.